Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota, a Locked On Podcast Network. It's Friday, so you know what that means? We got the roundtable. We got the full cast. Reggie Wilson is back from vacation, from IR, whatever Reggie does. We don't really know what Reggie does when he goes back there. We don't know if he's making meatloaf. We don't know if he's back there like exchanging stock tips. We don't know what Reggie does back there, but Reggie's back. We got Julia Daniels, no cat yet. And then we got uh, Sam, and not Cat Williams, people. I know he's been trending. Not Cat Williams. We've not stolen anything, uh, but we got, oh, what? There's the cat. But that's not Cat Williams. That's Cowboy the Cat. And then we got Sam Ekstrom. And uh, this is Locked On Sports Minnesota. Again, there's a Friday roundtable, and we love to make sure we get locked in on these topics early. So, Reggie, take it away. 3%. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can the Vikings do the unthinkable on Sunday? T-Wolves, for the first time this year, have lost two in a row. Feels like the sky is falling. It probably isn't, but maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about their status on today's show as well. And PWHL Minnesota, they've got one game under their belt so far. What are we expecting from them in this league? And Vikings fans, make sure you tune in to the Michigan Washington National Championship. We're going to talk a little bit about that because one of those two quarterbacks could be playing here. We could have the JJ to JJ connection or we could have that big Penix energy. We'll see which one we'll get depending on what Quasi decides to do. I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Follow the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. I've used the Game Time app. I actually went to like the Tigers, I think Twins game, by using the Game Time app when I was in Detroit. Worked well right before Game Time. Was able to get my tickets right to my phone. Scanned them, got in the game. I think I actually got to see the Twins come back in the seventh inning and win. It was a doubleheader, so they ended in seven. Uh, But the Game Time app, well worth it. Make sure you check that out. Well, let's jump into the show. Will the Vikings do the impossible? I love the reference to uh, my friend Lloyd uh, Christmas from uh, Dumb and Dumber. You're saying there's a chance? Reggie, take it away. Okay, so let's let's try to think optimistically, you know. Um, it's not necessarily a, a characteristic of Vikings fans, of any Minnesota fans, really. Um, but so I, I think the the one thing that I guess I am looking at is Mullins is thrown for 910 yards since he's gotten into action. You know, he helped them to the win against the Raiders. And and he's he's had some good. I mean, I can't, I can't necessarily say he's had some good games, but he's had some service serviceable performances. Where, you know that that game against Detroit, they were in it. That game against Cincinnati, they should have probably won that game. And he has not been the sole reason why the team has lost. That first half against the Packers, the Vikings offense couldn't they couldn't do anything. Mullins comes in, the offense gets moving. So at least if you're looking at it at, at like glass half full, Mullins knows the offense. He can move the ball down the field. And they look semi-competent, well, pretty competent when he's on the field. 
The problem is for some reason, when the pressure is on, he just does not know how to take care of the football properly. So I do thoroughly expect that there will be some more turnovers on Sunday because that's just how this season has gone for the Vikings. That's just how Mullins starts have gone as well. He just finds a way to do some type of inexplicable turnover. But I do think that considering how the Vikings played against the Lions the last time, I know the Lions are coming off that loss to the Cowboys and they're all fired up and, you know, it it might be – it might be a few kneecaps on the field after the game. <laughs> but I think the the Vikings have a chance because they were right in it until that very last duck that Mullins threw to end the game against Detroit in Minnesota. And so I think it'll be a competitive game and they'll make they'll they'll try to try to make do with what they have and try to avenge for how terrible they've looked the last few games, especially late in games. And so I I think they have a chance, but it's just so crazy because it's like if they can somehow get by Detroit, they have all these other scenarios that just have to play into their favor. And you know what? I'm for chaos. Why not? 3% is better than zero. Um, I like Mullins as the quarterback in this situation with Dobbs and with Hall. You just aren't sure that the ball is going to get thrown. They've had issues finding receivers. They hold on to it too long or they go to the wrong guy. With Mullins, the ball is going to get thrown. The question is, to who? Who is going to catch the ball? In his career, he's thrown 32 touchdowns and 29 interceptions. So for every touchdown, there's a pick. This year, it's five TDs, six interceptions. I think you got to have someone who's just crazy enough to throw the ball in the tightest of windows to try to beat this Detroit team. Dan Campbell comes out and says he had what controlled fury this week. I don't, I think he might toss caution to the wind, play his guys hard for four quarters and try to get a little bit of revenge, get the sour taste out of their mouth after last Saturday's debacle. So I'm, I'm nervous about the Vikings winning this game at all, but I think Mullins would be the guy to do it. I'm looking at FanDuel for the other games. Now, they need three underdogs to win. Probably Atlanta beating the Saints, or you could get the Panthers over the Bucs. Um, but then Arizona's plus 124, Chicago's plus 140. Right now, 31 to 1, the chances that this four-team parlay comes together at FanDuel. But it is not impossible. I'm telling you, like, all of these, the Bears are playing well right now. The Cardinals are playing well right now. The Falcons, I don't know what to expect, but I don't trust the Saints. So I don't think it's impossible, um, but the Vikings having to take care of business, to me, is the toughest facet of all of it. Julia? Yeah, uh, this place has just taught me to not expect anything, right? It's it's. I'm at the station walking around, and everyone's like, well, I don't know, what do you think about the Vikings' chances? And everyone still has this much brighter glimmer of hope than you would expect with a 3% chance of making it to the postseason. But everyone around here is like, who knows? It's Minnesota. It could happen, right? We just don't know what's going to happen with all the rest of the teams. I will say, it's the old saying that I bring up all the time. It's so hard to beat a team twice. But when it comes to the Vikings, you just don't know, especially when they're going into Detroit for this game. So that's going to be a 
terribly tough environment. But I will say, I mean, this is like Nick Mullen's last audition, right? This is his last chance to get another backup contract. So he's got a little bit more on the line than just winning the game in the postseason. So maybe a, a little extra fire under him heading into this one. Um, who knows? But yeah, I mean, the Bears, Bears beating the Packers. I would say I don't have a lot of hope for the the Panthers beating the Bucks, but I have more hope for Atlanta beating the Saints. Um, and then we'll see if the Cardinals can keep it rolling against the Seahawks. But uh, this place is just – it's just a, such an unknown at this point. 3%, I feel like anywhere else in the United States, they'd be like, absolutely not. No, they're out of playoff contention. But here, I just <laughs> – I can't say – I can't say that it's impossible because – Minnesota sports have mm-hmm. taught me to expect absolutely nothing. Well, when I looked at these uh, odds, and so I remember we did this on, uh, I think, my show with Sam. Uh, we had Lomas Brown on, former Lion, great. Uh, he talked about the Lions want to come out. If he was him, he said, I want to come out and kick the Lions or kick the Vikings butt. He said he wants to play everybody. So when you look at the line, it shows every team playing hard. This might be one of the few weekends where it's the last weekend and everybody's playing hard. But here's the fan duel. The only way it works, you might as well bet this and enjoy all the games. They doesn't work. Or be a negative Nelly. Go opposite. So I'll <laughs> give you both. If you pick the Vikings to beat the Lions, the Bears to beat the Packers, you, beat, you pick the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks, you pick – the uh the Falcons to beat the Saints all five plus twenty five hundred hundred dollar wager gets you twenty five hundred bucks hundred dollar wager gets you twenty five and thirteen dollars to be exact so you can do some of that thirteen if you don't like round or if you if you like to round numbers up um if you were to go reverse if the Seahawks were to beat the Cardinals if the Packers were to beat the Bears if the Lions were to beat the Vikings and if the uh, Buccaneers were to beat the Panthers and then the Saints beat the Falcons, you get 2300 So I'm not saying hedge your bet because that would be dumb. You'd be wasting money and just break even. But you could play around with that five-game parlay that holds the Vikings' future, and you might hit gold. I do feel like, even after just putting it in, for some reason I feel like everything's going to happen, and it doesn't matter if this happens this way. I feel like the – um which one? The Saints. The Saints-Falcons is either or. So you can do two parlays, one with the Saints, one with the Falcons. You could just flip those two, and everything else could still work out. I feel like that could happen. I feel like the Cardinals and the Seahawks, that one seems like the Cards just came off a win. Kyler Murray's playing good. Um, The Bears, Justin Fields, I think Julia said it. This is his audition to see if they're going to go out and get a quarterback in the first round. They have the top pick. They could do a lot of stuff. They can compile it and get multiple picks. They can go ahead and just go ahead and get them a quarterback. They can get Marvin Harrison Jr. for for Justin Fields. If he shows like, hey, look, me and me and DJ Moore are doing this thing, go get me Marvin Harrison Jr. But for the Vikings, that 3%, and I love the word chaos because, Reggie, you're right. It would be absolutely chaotic if they somehow had a 3% chance and found their way into the play. If they had a Jordan Addison's percent chance to find their ways into, way into a playoff game, and we're going to go into the playoffs with Nick Mullins, that's chaotic. That's just absolute chaos. And this would be even crazier. If he throws for 400 yards against the Lions, those four interceptions, and they still beat the Lions because they almost had a chance to beat them last time. Reggie's right. And then they end up going into the playoffs with Josh Dobbs. That's what I want. I want that type of chaos. Give me the chaos of all chaoses 
and then they go into the playoffs with Josh Dobbs, and Josh Dobbs creates magic in the playoffs. I've listened to a lot of syndications. I listened to the Dan Patrick show. I listened to uh, on the NBC SXM app and in my car with the Sirius XM. And everybody said, I thought Josh Dobbs should have just kept playing all the way out. I agree. I totally agree. But this 3%, we'll see what happens. But now it's time for the FanDuel locks. I just kind of gave you one. I'm not, I don't think those are locks. But let's see what the FanDuel locks of the panel. Let me just uh, pat myself on the back for last week's tout where I gave you the long odds and said the opening kickoff will not be a fair catch or touchback. That was at plus 250, and it hit. Mm. So hopefully you played that. Um, I won't tell you about all the ones I missed this year, just the one that I hit last week. But I am looking at a Lions, a pro Lions prop, Jameer Gibbs, anytime touchdown. Uh, I didn't love the way the Vikings run defense looked last week. Aaron Jones runs really hard, runs really well. He's really hard to bring down. You know who else that describes? Jameer Gibbs, who is emerging as a talent in this division and this league. He is incredible. He, he's always fresh, too, because David Montgomery, uh, Montgomery gets a lot of work. Gibbs is going to ball out in this game, and I think that he scores a touchdown at plus 105, get a little extra money there. Gibbs, anytime TD. Uh, sorry, Vikings run defense. I don't trust you right now. Mm. Julia. I'm going full chaos this week. If it's the mm. last week that we get to talk about the Vikings, I'm going, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> um, we'll start with this one. Highest scoring half. I'm going to say a tie at plus 2,400. They score the same amount of points each team in each half. And then I don't have anything to back this one up. So do do with these suggestions what you will. Um, first scoring play. Are you guys are you guys holding on to your hats for this one? I'm not wearing a hat, but I'll hold it. First scoring play, Minnesota Vikings safety plus ten thousand. That's the kind of degenerate activity we like. Let's go, Brian Flores. Oh, my goodness. Plus 10,000. Hey. Is Dan Orlovsky coming back? Like, is he going to play quarterback and just run out the back of the end zone? That would there be, you go. That would be the best way to do it. Lomas Hinden Brown Hooker. did bring that up. Lomas Hinden Brown bought that up. Did you guys see the, the practice list that got sent out yesterday? Anything can happen at this point. Mm. A lot of injured dudes. <laughs> Reggie. All right, how do I follow that up? Because Julian went full sicko. Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go um, pro lions here too, like Sam did. Sam Laporta, anytime touchdown scorer. Give it to me. Book it. You know they they decided to trade T.J. Hawkinson, and they were like, you know what, we'll, we'll be all right. Then they draft Sam Laporta, and you're like, whoa, that that worked out for him, right? And he's like, yeah. He's awesome. So yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it to Sam Laporta. That dude is a dude. Mm, anytime touchdown score lock. So the last time Justin Jefferson stepped into the building with the Lions, he had 227 yards passing. He also had Kirk Cousins though, and I was leaning towards a Justin Jefferson parlay, but I'm struggling with Nick Mullins. I'm not gonna lie, like I'm struggling with him. Um, I, I, I like the Ty Chandler, but it's like how many times are the Vikings gonna get into the red zone? Like, can Nick Mullins really do it? He can throw 400 yards. But he also can throw four interceptions. So what does that look like? 
I'm seeing a lot of Lions. I hate to say this. I'm seeing a lot of Lions parlays out there. And I'm kind of leaning towards this. But I'm going to look at touchdown scores. And I think this is the week, finally. Maybe. Maybe he does this. Maybe he lets them happen. Because it could be any type of touchdown for him. So Ty Chandler is going to score a touchdown. Justin Jefferson will score a touchdown. Uh, Jameer Gibbs will score, will score a touchdown. And Sam Laporta will score a touchdown. That's 2,325. That's plus 2,325. You got Ty Chandler, Justin Jefferson, Jameer Gibbs, and Sam Laporta. I could throw a Myra St. Brown in there if you want to go crazy with it. That's plus 5,800. But that's leaning towards the Lions, and the Lions are going to blow the Vikings out. The last time it was 30-24. to 24. So it could be a high-scoring game, but I'm going to go at least with those two. Ty Chandler, Justin Jefferson, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, plus 2,325. So there you have it, people. Go out there, do whatever you want. If you want to go with Julius plus 10,000, I mean, come on, 10 bucks? Why not? Just have some fun. Just pray that some idiot brings it out for the Lions, fumbles it, because we've seen that happen in the college game. We've seen that happen in a couple of pro games. They fumble it at the one. They try to go back and get it. Could be a safety right there, special teams. Could be Najee Thompson to start it off, or then the defense has to get it. They back up. They make a tackle on the uh, in the in the end zone, or the Lions have a ninety nine yard touchdown run by Jameer Gibbs. Either way, <laughs> either way, somebody's parlay is going to get paid off because uh, then that gives me my J- Jamar Gibbs start. I need him to get a touchdown. Uh, but now it's time for a read from our sponsors. Today's show brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. That's why you use Game Time, which is fast and easy to get access to all the local sports, music, comedy, theater near you. I'm looking at the PWHL home opener tomorrow. You can get club seats for $37 on Game Time. They show you the price all up front. They show you the view from the seat so you know where you're sitting. And they've got great deals there as well. They've got uh, last-second flash deals up to an hour after the game starts. So you can get in last second if you want to. Uh, Zone deals pick the section, and game time picks the seats for big-time savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create that account, redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, the wolves, unfortunately are on a losing streak and we, have been so proud of the Wolves, first place in the West, but now this is their first test, their first losing streak. It has not gone the way they thought it would go. So, Sam, what's going on with the Wolves? Like, are is this going to be the future for the rest of the week, or are they going to get back to it? Yeah, you know, I, I always say this in sports. You're two games away from the sky falling, and you're two games away from everything being right with the world. And when you lose two games in a row, even when you're the best team in the West, you get quotes like you got after the game against the Pelicans, where the Wolves kind of got boat raced. Chris Finch is saying how they haven't looked. They've been in second gear since the Sacramento game on December 23rd. And Edwards has said that they've sucked. 
and Gobert said that they've been complacent and Carl Anthony Towns is saying how they need to go back to what they've been doing because it was working. And, you know, like this, these are the kind of things that happen when you just lose a simple two games in a row. So maybe this is the adversity they needed. This is the wake-up call they needed. It's come very easily to the Timberwolves this year. They've had some luck with the schedule. They've had some luck with guys being held out um, on the opposition. Banked up a lot of wins. That's great. They all count. But they've run into some fully loaded juggernauts in the past couple of weeks. And it's pretty clear that they're not the only top dog in the West. There are some other legit squads Pelicans among them, man, they looked really good the last two times they played the Wolves. And the schedule remains tough. I mean, the Wolves gauntlet is coming to an end here, but they got to go on the road. They got Houston, they got Orlando, they've got Boston. Uh, so if they aren't, they don't, if they don't have their heads screwed on straight here this week, they could be like in the three seed at in the next seven days. So they got to figure this out fast. Maybe uh, the loss on Wednesday is what they needed. I mean, Finch said they're not as sharp as, you know, they have been, obviously. I think that the problems that they're having right now are fixable problems, but it's also uh, to be expected that the Wolves would have some kind of mid-year slump, right? Uh, I think it's also, I mean, and Finch said it best, they've got to get their desperation back, right? When you ride at the top for so, I wouldn't say they're riding, they're obviously playing well, working hard, but you're at the top for so long, you kind of get used to and comfortable in that position. Sometimes you do have to get taken down a notch to, to get back into the swing of things again. I will also say, you know, when you're at the top, granted, like you said, Sam, especially their home stands, they don't have sometimes the big players from these teams that come in. And, and, and that obviously is an advantage, but at the same time, being the top team in the league or being the top team in the West, you're getting every guy's best game because you're going to have a target on your back. And it's hard to keep up with these teams that that have you on their mind weeks, you know, weeks ahead. They're like, oh, that Timberwolves game is coming up. You know, they're playing really well. It, it's hard when you're going into every single game with people expecting to give their best because obviously they want to take you down a notch. That's how this league works. But I would say the issues that they're having right now, um, you know, I, I think Ant needs to spread the ball out a little bit more. Um, the turnovers is a problem, but it, I think it's all fixable things. And if anything, this team has shown us this season that they're able to adjust, get back into their swing of things. Um, so I would just say, yeah, I think this, this would be a wake up call for them. Um, and not to get too down on the wolves yet because it's a feat in itself to go this long without having two losses in a row. Right. So I, I think it's all just a, a mid year, a mid season kind of slump that they're in right now, but, but I can see them bouncing back out of this. Reggie. I think that the wolves are a good team. I think I've seen enough to know that they're a good team. The issue is I don't know that everybody else is convinced. I was listening to NBA today. Is Sometimes it's just kind of like background as I'm just kind of like doing things around the house. And I think Big Perk said that he felt like the Clippers were the biggest challengers to the Denver Nuggets in the West. And nobody is bringing up the Timberwolves. Nobody seems to be taking seriously what they're doing or the fact that they're at the top of the the west and i think that is i don't know maybe it's maybe it's um 
it's easy. It's the easy thing to do just because they haven't necessarily been relevant in the competition at the top of the West in years past. But I think that they have to continue to put the foot on the gas to show the rest of the league that they are for real as they get closer to playoff time and obviously into playoff time and try to get out of that first round. But you talk about some of the the teams that are talked about just on the daily national cycle. And, you know, everybody's talking about how much the Lakers are struggling. What are they going to do at head coach with Darvin Ham? They're talking about, you know, the Clippers and how they're bringing it together. Kawhi is not doing as much load management as he has in the past. You know, they're even bringing up the Suns and their big three and how they could try to pull it together and talking about the Pelicans, talking about the, the Thunder and their young talent. And nobody is really talking about the Timberwolves. So I think that they have to continue to take care of business so that the the work speaks for itself and not just, you know, people people disrespecting them and not really talking about them. Or maybe they want to stay low key, but you can stay low key and continue to win. I do think that it's an incredible feat that this is the first time, I mean the season started months ago and this is the first time that they have lost more than a game in a row, like two games in a row. Yeah, I, I agree with everybody. I think it, here's where I drill it down to. And I, and I did look at the turnovers the last two games. Um, they're pretty even with the other team, which means you shouldn't be turning the ball over just as much as the other team. Like if you can win the turnover battle, you win. There's a guy by the name of uh, Tyus Jones. I don't know if anybody remembers him from Apple Valley High School in Minnesota. Uh, went to Duke. He's a Dukey. Um, but the the, the Washington, uh, uh, I was going to say Mystics, um wizards are willing to trade them and the timberwolves could be a landing spot for them they need a successor to follow up mike conley jr they need somebody who can come in right now behind mike conley, mike conley jr knowing they're going to make a playoff push the problem is ties jones salary so can they figure that out can he fit within this organization because that stops your toner you look at him at what is it 27.7 minutes per game and he's less than one turnover a game he lead, he's like one of the top uh players for turnover to minutes played and he's very good with the ball. He can put it in the basket when he needs to, but he's willing to pass the ball. You look at rebounds, though. These last two games, you look at the Pelicans, 32 to 20 defensive rebounds. 32 to 20, meaning they are eliminating the second chance shot for the Timberwolves, where the Timberwolves aren't doing that for them. The Timberwolves are allowing that. They got killed on the offensive boards against the Knicks. Same thing, because turnovers were even. Both had 13 turnovers. Uh, they won the field goal percentage. They won the three-point percentage, the amount of shots. All that they won, the rebounds. It's those easy second-chance points. It's those easy putbacks. How do they change that? Well, one, you can't expect Rudy Gobert to get every rebound for you. That's first. I think this was a wake-up call for sure, because I think hopefully Chris Finch, when he looks at the, the, the tape, a lot of guys are standing around expecting the bigs to get the rebound or Rudy Gobert to get the rebound. That was the one thing, and I hate to go back to these two players because they're the greatest to ever do it, but I think Anthony Edwards can join them. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan took pride in making sure their team dominated the glass. They took pride in box-out drills. They took pride. You can't move guys like you used to. Like, Kobe's was a little dirty, so was Jordan's. But you can't do that anymore. You can't just like forearm shiver guys across the lane, but you can still put a body on a guy. And if everybody joins in and box out a guy, one of your guys should get the ball. They've got to go back to the basics. I think 
reading their headlines. And again, this is the thing. Nobody's even giving them headlines. Reggie's right. Like, none of the national media is really talking about them. TNT, those guys, when they're doing games, they talk about the Lakers more than they do the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves beat the Lakers this entire season. And they keep talking about the Lakers. Oh, LeBron James, blah, blah. The Timberwolves, one, hopefully this gives them a little bit of fuel. Two, the record is gone now. Now we can stop saying they're chasing greatness and they're going to have the best season ever. Unless they win every game on out, which they're not, we're done with this whole chasing greatness. So hopefully that should help them and fuel them going forward uh, when you think about the playoffs. But I think the biggest thing is you got to get back to the basics with the rebounding. Well, it's time to talk about Michigan, Washington. Michigan and Washington are playing in the college football playoffs. I'm going to start this off quick. I'm just going to say this. Michigan is going to win. Michigan's going to win, but this is great for the Big Ten. you got two Big Ten teams playing the national championship. So start off next year. I mean, I don't know how the rankings are going to go. We know the SEC is going to jump. Georgia and Alabama is going to be number one. We already know how they do these rankings. Um, but these two teams are at the top. This might be Harbaugh's last college football game. A lot of people are saying he might end up going to the Chargers. Brandon, you know, uh, Brandon Staley is out. Chargers have a great quarterback. They already have a franchise quarterback. They have a great receiver in Keenan Allen. They could easily see Harbaugh going to that Chargers team, giving them what, uh, well, what's his name? Um, Gruden, what Gruden gave the Buccaneers after Dungy left. Like Dungy set the footprint, put everything together. Gruden came in just a little bit more angrier tone, changed it, won the Super Bowl. That's Dungy's team, though. We know that. Not to say this is Brandon Staley's team, but I think Harbaugh can come in with a Dan Campbell-type mindset, get these guys to understand, hey, because he's in he's in Detroit and in Michigan all the time. So here's the Dan Campbell stuff. He sees how that works within the NFL. He already flirted with the Vikings. This might be Harbaugh's last hurrah. He might say, you know what, let me go ahead and, and jump over to the NFL and join my brother and get out of this recruiting trail, get away from all this craziness. I can legally scout film now and send, pe and send people to games. I don't have to illegally do it in college. So I think that's going to be the big thing for this one. But I think Michigan wins it. Washington's good. You got Amir Penix. He's coming in. Um, and uh, not Amir Penix. What's this guy's name? Is it Amir Penix? Michael. Michael Penix. Amir Penix was the running back for the Gophers. For those that don't remember that name, Amir Penix was a running back for the Gophers back. Uh, forgot what year he played, but he was a running back for the Gophers. Uh, Michael Penix, big Penix energy. Uh, you got that up against J.J. McCarthy, two quarterbacks that ended up could end up with the Vikings. I've already seen like people doing meme graphics of J.J. McCarthy, T.J. and J.J. Uh, and and looks cool. Not gonna lie, does look cool. He has a little swag to him, a little Joe Burrow to him. So and he wears the nine. But I'm just saying, we'll see what happens. Both of them wear nine, by the way. Hmm. Maybe a little bit of omen there. It's time to move on from eight. Just take one step up and go to nine. But I think Kirk Cousins could come back for a year or two, have J.J. McCarthy or Penix be his backup, and then they get to take over like Jordan Love has done because he's had a sneaky good season like Aaron Rodgers got to do because he whined behind Brett Favre for four years and cried, and then he got his chance. And Brett Favre was the best thing that ever happened to Aaron Rodgers' career. He'll never admit that. But I think the Michigan Wolverines win this one. Should be good, but the Big Ten wins in the end. I'm going to go to you, Sam. Um, yeah, man, I'm not sleeping on this Washington team. I mean, I, I, I think they've got the quarterback advantage in this game. The question is, is Dylan Johnson going to be fully healthy? Dylan Johnson keeps you on schedule. Dylan Johnson gets the hard yards. That's someone you can lean on in third and two, someone you can lean on third and goal at the one yard line. I know they're limiting him right now. That injury didn't look great, but allegedly he is going to play. That's a big one for Washington. Um, I think Washington is playing kind of the chip on their shoulder kind of football right now because they're continuously underdogs in these games. They probably shouldn't have been underdogs against Texas. They were. They're underdogs by four and a half against Michigan. 
I think they're the much better offensive team. So it's it's sometimes hard to compare out-of-conference games when you've got one really good defense and one really good offense. What's going to win out? Washington really hasn't been stopped at any point this year. But I love Penix. I love the video going around of the mirror image of his throwing motion. So you see him, how he looks throwing right-handed. And it looks so normal and so like explosive. And it's just a totally eye-opening look at how like good his throwing motion is. Uh, I would love him on the Vikings. And I'm cheering for Washington in this game. I think Michigan, I don't care if it's Big Ten support. Michigan is so unlikable after the Connor Stallion scandal. And I hope that Washington smokes them. So I am all in on Michael Penix Jr. Like, I was back in Ohio, and back in Ohio, there's like a tri-state thing with Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, so we routinely showed what Indiana was doing, and I was gutted for Penix, who was a very dynamic athlete and runner before the two ACL injuries, and I just love that it seems like it's been a blessing in disguise for him that he has had those injuries because it has allowed him to grow as a pure passer. And he looks like the purest passer to come out for this draft, um, this upcoming draft. And I, I love all the, the memes that are surrounding the Adrian Peterson. When I seen him throw that ball, like, I love that. I love that. Or the one I sent to, uh, to Julia, the the NWO days when uh, Stone Cold was walking down the ramp and Kevin Nash was like, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. And uh, one of the receivers was on SportsCenter yesterday. <laughs> and apparently they're calling him Tech Nine. They're calling him Tech Nine. I, you know, you take that oh. you know, as you will. I don't know if I like that, that, <laughs> oh uh, that nickname. Um, I mean, especially there's a rapper who I was about to say the rapper, what he would, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, (laughs) but I think it's just, it's just making uh, a play to the fact that Penix has an absolute rocket launcher for a left arm. And I, I believe in this dude. I feel like every time you've tried to count Washington out this year, he and the team have shown that they, they just can't be messed with. Their receivers catch everything. Now, I will say they probably have not played a team like Michigan. The funny thing about Michigan, I covered Ohio State for several years, and I remember so many times the sad khakis walking out of Ohio Stadium because Harbaugh could not beat Ryan, uh, not not just Ryan Day, but but Herb. And the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now they're not only beating the the Buckeyes; they are like dog walking them, and they're a national power, not just a, a a team that is trying to beat Ohio State. They're a team that is competing for national championships in in back to back years. And so I, I think Michigan should not be taken lightly at all. That being said. I will say, I don't think Michigan has faced a team as dynamic on offense as Washington. And so I think they are going to test what should be a really good Michigan defense, or what is a really good Michigan defense. And I'm excited to see this matchup. I think Washington wins, but I don't think it's going to be like a boat race, as Sam said. I think it'll be a little close, but I think at the end, 
I put Penix way over McCarthy, who everybody talks about his 26 mm. and one record as a college quarterback. And I think, you know, he's been serviceable. He's competent, but I don't think, I don't look at him and say, oh yeah, that dude is going to play on Sundays. Like he has some traits, some talents, you know, kind of, kind of reminds me like a, a Blaine Gabbard, if you will. Um, but I, I want to, I want to say on record, not quite Charles Barkley guaranteed, but I, I think Washington should be able to pull this one out on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Julia. Yeah, I would agree. I think this Washington team is more ready for this kind of stage than the Mich than Michigan is. Um, if all was right in the world, like Sam said, Michigan would get blown out, right? Because there's an argument to be made that they shouldn't have been allowed to even make it this far. We'll also see what kind of precautions Washington's taking. I mean, you know, I'm a Bama girl, so obviously it hurts. Um, but Nick I'm Saban, sorry. he, he, he wouldn't sorry. let the guys watch film on their personal tablets going into this one because he was so worried about getting hacked by Michigan. And he said all of this stuff when they did the double coaches presser with Jim Harbaugh sitting right there. He's like, <laughs> no, we, we don't, we don't trust him. So, um, I, this is going to be a really great national championship game though, because you have a defense like Michigan's and you have an offense like Washington's, but I, like you guys have been saying, you know, just so much faith in Penix. And I think that he's more ready for this stage than probably any other player that's going to hit the field on Monday. Um, I will say, you know, as a Bama fan, I would like to see Michigan win so that we lost to the best, right? Uh, but at the same time, every you know, all week all I've heard is, how are you feeling after the game? Da, 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 this, that, and the other. Guys, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year if I thought uh, Alabama was going to be in the playoff this year, I would say, no, we, no, this is not the team. This is not the team to go there. We have a baby, like infant offensive line, and Michigan barely beat us. You know, it was an overtime win. So I would say Washington's win over Texas a little bit more convincing for sure. So I'm going to have to go with Washington on this one. Um, I think it's also sad that I've seen a bunch of articles about, you know, ticket sales have dropped. Ticket sales don't really matter that much anymore because it's all about TV money. But yeah. ticket sales dropped seriously because there's not an SEC team in there. But this is a chance for things to turn around for the Big Ten, um, too, in the past few years. So I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be a really great game. Um, but I'm going to have to say I, I, I see Washington taking this one, which which I think would be really cool. But we got to talk about this, uh, the Minnesota women's hockey team. We know there was a draft. Everything's changed in this whole league now. Toronto has a team. I've seen some go former Gophers uh, jump out to Toronto and get drafted. We got girls all over the country now. I've seen um, – Instagram reels, I guess you want to call them, of girls dancing because they get to get paid to play hockey now. Um, and so is there a chance that the Minnesota women's hockey can get loved on as much as the Wild or even the Gophers? We'll talk about that next. We got a word from our sponsors. New Year's promotion at FanDuel. Can't wait to tell you about it. We love FanDuel. They bring you today's show. The NFL regular season's wrapping up. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook, and they're the number one sportsbook for a reason. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's win or lose now. $150 in bonus bets straight to your account. 
and you can spread that out however you want to. Live same-game parlays, check out the Explore tab, find some bet suggestions there, build your parlay in the Parlay Hub, and plenty more future bets. NBA, NHL, college football championship game. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make that first bet a layup. Get 150 in your account. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Julia, tell us, what do you think? Wild? Women's hockey? Which one? Well, I, when Sam sent out the notes, I didn't I didn't realize this, that they're expected to break the women's hockey attendance record on Saturday at the X, which is just insane. So the question here is, do you think Minnesota will get behind this PWHL team like it has with the WNBA? And I, I would say absolutely yes, um, because this is a state of hockey, but also with what we've seen with the Aurora here and the support that they've had, um, the Aurora goes on the road to games. And I was talking to their head coach about this this past summer. They go on the road to games and nobody shows up. When they're at TCO, they're sold out. They're sold out weeks in advance. And it's, I mean, number one, I mean, they win, but also the pride that everybody around here has in their, in their hometown team is like, unmatched right and especially when it comes to the state of hockey and and women's hockey um obviously i'm from the south so seeing women play hockey here is new for me and obviously i'm gonna think wow there's so many people that are into it but girls hockey here is insane um i'm going to the gopher game tonight actually to cover it it it's the the following that everybody has on all social media platforms too is crazy compared to i mean it's almost like softball players in the south um you get you get thousands and thousands of 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 followers i think that this could really take off here the fact that they have and it's i think it's like over seven thousand tickets sold it's almost the entire lower bowl is already sold out for this game on saturday um i think i think it's going to be good also it's They've got great players coming into play. They've got a ton of uh, Canadian teams, so they have a lot of players from there. But um, just also the homegrown talent that you can get on a team here in Minnesota, too, will build the support as well. Because who doesn't want to go out and and watch the girls that play for the Gophers or or play for their high school or their hometown team on the professional level, too? So absolutely, just from what we've seen with the Aurora and how that took off, um, also, I went to a lot of Whitecaps games last year, and I had the hardest time in that little ice rink trying to find a spot to set my camera up to cover those games because they're so packed out. Um, so I think that this, there's a lot of potential for this league, and I think there's a lot of potential especially for this Minnesota team here too because um, if anything, Minnesotans are going to stick by their teams, and that without a doubt is is never going to be questioned. So, yeah, I would say um, – they for sure could get behind it. It's going to take a while. They're going to have to win too. You know, we'll see. They only have one game under their belt so far um, that they squeaked out past Boston, but we'll see how they do this season too. But if, if they have a winning record, I would say absolutely Minnesota will get behind this PWHL team. Reggie. Yeah. Minnesota's like that episode of, of, uh, of Mari where the lady was like, mm-hmm. He mine. <laughs> and I'm going to stick beside him. Like, Minnesota is like the home of the niche sports fans. And I quickly learned that when I got here. Like, 
it's it's interesting because like not nec- it's not necessarily like just across all sports. Like there are people who are diehard Lynx fans who could care less about the Vikings. Diehard soccer fans who could really care less about the Timberwolves. There are diehard Twins fans who really could care less about. Well, really, I feel like the one universal thing here is if you're like a hockey fan, like most people are wild fans. I've I've kind of surmised that. But it's 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 interesting how people really get behind the teams that they care about. And like it is a diehard type of fandom. And so I'm interested to see how this thing grows. Heck of a debut. You know, Taylor Heisey. Come on. You can't even script that any better. She scored. She's the first pick of the draft. Minnesota homegrown gopher, and she scores the first goal of the game. Like, come on, come on. You gotta just. And then the team is just full of men, Minnesotans. You got two other Minnesotans, uh, Sophia Coonan and, and Grace Zumwinkle, who scored the other goals, and they're they're Minnesotans as well. And you're like, okay, you got a team in the state of hockey playing hockey. Representing the state of Minnesota, like I, I just you can't really get too much too much better than that. Like I put my money on them if if we're betting that they could do some some really good things. And so I, I think it's gonna be really good for the, the landscape here. Like we got all these professional sports teams already. We added another to the mix for people to be excited about. And there is like as Julia said, some really like genuine excitement about this team. So I'm excited to see how far they go, but heck of a debut. They, they squeak, squeak that one out the other night. Like how do you end the game on a save? Like that is crazy. Sam. Yeah. Um, this is where the state of hockey mantra, I think really like holds up because this state supports hockey at all levels. It's not just the NHL team. It's not just the major, you know, college team. It's the the smaller college teams. It's the women's teams. It's the youth teams all the way through, you know, junior hockey and now professional women's hockey. And it's a very manageable commitment for people to say, hey, I'm going to go to the 12 home games on the schedule. I'll get season tickets. That's not that big of a commitment. Whereas, you know, supporting the wild every game, that would be like 41 games in a season. I think that that they will fill that lower bowl in a lot of games, especially if they're competitive. And for hockey fans in Minnesota, like Reggie said, so many of the names are recognizable, either playing here in high school, playing here collegiately, or a lot of these players are gold medalists playing at the highest levels in the Olympics. I mean, there's a national appeal to some of these, these talents and they've got a credible media partner in Valley that's broadcasting all the games. So I think that there's a lot of infrastructure here to build around uh, I think, I don't, will they break the record every single game? No, but I think for this this home opener, it's going to be awesome. Uh, they're selling out the lower bowl. The club seats are available now. I bet they get 9,000 bodies in there, 10,000 bodies, uh, and that's going to be a sweet spectacle for Minnesota hockey. Yeah, because, I mean, the one thing I look at with hockey really quick before we get out of here, it's, it is the state of hockey, and I think Julia brought it up which as well, which is if you win. If they continue to win, people are going to go. People love a winner. When the when the when Lindsey Whalen was playing for the Lynx and they were winning, people were going to those playoff games and supporting her. Uh, she's a hometown kid. Um, you know, Sam's right. Twelve games is not a lot, so I think they can break the attendance record this time. 
I don't know if they're going to do it every time, but I definitely see 12 games. I mean, I just watch people like say the Minnetonka's hockey games are going to be sold out when they have a big arena. So the fact that the number one high school team in the state is going to start selling games out if they get some big arena games and they're getting on Instagram and getting, you know, the, the people are going to follow hockey. It, it is what it is. Uh, the fact that the Vikings are not doing well, they're going to be done. Uh, it's just Timberwolves right now. Gophers men's actually 11 and three Gophers women. Eh, they're struggling a little bit. So I think this is just the next step into to Minnesota uh, fandom, but it's going to be women's hockey. I, I can easily see it because this is the state of hockey. People love it, dream it, live it. People die on the ice on lakes just trying to swim and it's not frozen enough. They love hockey that much and getting in those skates, so people will be there. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Julia Daniels, Sam Ekstrom. Uh, this has been the Locked On Sports Friday Roundtable. Remember, SiriusXM is a proud partner of Locked On Sports. You can just download the SXM app on any app market, and you could take us anywhere you want to go, especially the gym, because I know all you New Year's resolution people, you need something to listen to, listen to us while you're on the treadmill or the Stairmaster, because I'm going to get on the Stairmaster. I'm going to listen. You might as well, too. Have a good one, people.